If you have been listening to our last podcast on gentle parenting by Lucinda, you know I am bringing out some stuff that not a lot of people have out there. How do we parent modern day based on the way things were done during the time of the Prophet and then all the great uh, Sahaba and Tabain and all them? And it's hard to find information on that stuff. How to do modern day parenting in, in a Sunnah style. So we have that today. Today's part two. I'm super excited to dig in. We're going to cover principles three to five. If you want to catch it, keep listening. Hey, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the place where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. So today is part two of my gentle parenting Sunnah style. Um, and it's based on these five principles. Now, if you have not already listened, go back and listen to part one so this can make sense to you. I explain kind of like where I'm getting this stuff from. I go over really deeply the first two. Now, those were a bit longer because they were deep subjects. The first principle was attachment, and I explained like this the huge, you know, depth of that. And the second one was the rights of children, which some experts refer to as respect. And there were a lot of tips that I included in there. I'm very committed to giving you guys actionable how-to steps, not just like blah blahing my way through a podcast. I, I just gonna be honest, I cannot stand when I get on a podcast and I've waited fifth waited like 15 to 20 minutes listening to the person talk and feel like I have lost 15 to 20 minutes of my life that I can never get back. I really try to make every bit of information that I, I share with you guys impactful, something that you could actually walk away and say, hey, I got something useful and I can use that right now. So I'm totally committed to that. You're going to get a whole bunch more of that in this podcast. Now, before I do start, I want to just mention to people who don't know, we do podcasts two times a week on mindful living by the Sunnah, taking that modern lifestyle and bridging it with the, um, the depth of the sunnah in the Quran that we're taught to use. It's hard for some people to conceptualize how to take that information that seems old school and out of date and apply it to today, but in fact, the Quran and the sunnah are timeless. And I'm here to show you how and how to take that knowledge and have it benefit you right now in the year 2019. And so um, I do want to say, um, I do a shout out. I just want to give my shout out today to one sister called, uh, her IG handle is Azra with love. And I just wanted to shout her out because, um, you know, she shared some of my content, her IG stories. And I just want to say, I really love that, that so many of you are caring about other sisters and saying, Hey, um, hope this brightens your day or I hope you benefit from this or hey check this out this has helped me because one of the things I talked about in my last podcast on depression is how much we have just disbanded as an ummah and everybody has this like every man for himself mentality which is totally anti-sunnah anti-quran uh, and everything we're taught in our deen and as a result this is why we know it's not working this is why we know it can't be innately what we should be doing as human beings is suicide rates are the highest ever. Depression rates are the highest ever. People feel alone. People feel abandoned. So let's 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 like totally counter that by building that village, building that tribe, sharing information that benefits. I get information from other people and I just share it right on my IG story too. So I do the same thing. So please, thank you so much, Ezra. Tons of du'a and hugs and just 
Thank you so much for sharing what benefited you to other women. And I just want to encourage all of you, if you do want to be featured on my podcast, to share information from my Instagram or my YouTube on your IG stories. I always get a notification that you did so and it allows me to know how much you care and how much that you are also trying to build a village and uplift other sisters like yourself. So So we're going to dive right into the last three. They're going to be shorter today. But um, the third one is proactive parenting and proactive it's it's hard if you haven't done it before but we're going to be learning together no worries you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly talking to us to seek knowledge and to seek solutions and we're taught to not just lie down and be upset about things and not try to find a way and we have to stop putting limitations on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes we get to these points in our head we're just like that is never going to change that is not going to, there's no way to fix that. Not true, guys. That's putting a limit on the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He builds mountains. He builds complex oceans, the universe. Do you think he can't help us figure out how to get our kid to stop hitting our other kid? I mean, it's totally possible, but we just have to put in the time, the homework, the reflection. It's not as hard as we think. We just got to disband those negative thoughts. So proactive parenting, we can approach it approach it in two ways. The first one is thinking about catching a potential problem before it gets out of hand, right? Just being mindful. And I've spoken about that many times before. Paying attention, just keeping tabs, reading our kids, and being mindful. Trying to notice something's getting out of hand. What can we do to stop it before it gets too far? The second way we could look at it is having a plan of action for when problems arise. And I've talked about this before, okay? If I know I'm going to go into, and I think with Sarah's story and, and different other ones, if you've caught those podcasts, if you know you're going to walk into a scene and that scene's going to be difficult, don't just walk into it. Ask yourself before I get into it, what can I do to prepare myself for what I know is going to happen? Like when I know I have to go into a difficult meeting and maybe meeting with that person and talking to them about this subject is not going to be easy. I plan out what I'm going to say. And if that doesn't work, I might have a backup plan or a backup plan for that backup plan. But it's the same thing with our kids and parenting, okay? I know my kid, every time they play with these particular toys, they're going to have a big fight. So obviously, I should have a way to manage it since I know it's going to happen. So having these plans of steps and what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. You might try something. It might not work, and that's okay. But there goes back to that whole reflecting noticing it didn't work that way let's try another way let's try another way let's ask for help you know and that's why you're here that's what we're doing we're sharing information so the first one is catching potential problem before it happens gets out of hand the second one is having a plan of action for when a problem arises so for example um if you know a certain child is going to be aggressive during a play date the proactive parent would um, or kick it up a notch, teach the child about emotional management before. So if you know your child's going to get particularly upset all the time, you might want to have a calm down area. I've seen a lot of teachers in schools use these. I, I actually have one of these for my kids. I'm going to think about sharing it soon. And I have some resources that I love for many mindful Muslims. This is not sponsored, where um, they actually um, have resources already like this, and they're Islamic. Maybe I'll link their stuff below as well. And I just wanted to say that I do use those things for myself in order to um, calm down my child. And it's really great tools. And I'm really grateful that they're doing that. So um, I, 
you can have this and you can set a limit of like no aggressive behavior and then share with them some tools. And they have some of those, like I said, I'll link them below. The parent might, you might like print these things out. They have them printables that you can actually physically purchase them. So you can get them digitally or like that. And that's really, really helpful. So as soon as your child starts showing aggression, you can um, take her to the, to the time in, not time out, time in calm down area see just like adults need need a way to to channel our negative energy like I need to walk outside I need to take a breath these kids need it too we're all human beings I know sometimes we forget the little people are human beings but it's the same thing but it's just like a mini version of what we experience as adults we have to train them now and what's the benefit guys they'll be more functionable teenagers they'll be easier to handle later when their hormones are raging woo, if you didn't instill this stuff early it becomes difficult so just know that putting these things in practice and setting boundaries early be aware of changes in your child's behavior potential problems create your own plan of action for dealing with these unwanted behaviors otherwise what happens is you're just going to be reactive stressed out and screaming all the time if you're already there that might be what it is you might be missing a plan so i'll link i, I said below what they have they have great stuff uh, particularly those that trigger your own anger yep we have to also be aware of managing that as well so empathetic leadership is the next one number four um the prophet peace be upon him was an expert an expert at this and this is why we look to him time and time again now mind you there are other prophets who are awesome and excellent as well the, the most reason why the muslims refer to prophet peace be upon him is because he's almost like a culmination one sheikh mentioned he is a culmination of what the prior ones did before so like if you looked at prophet moses or musa and then isa salam, jesus and then prophet muhammad prophet muhammad took from musa he took from isa salam, he took from all of them and then he had he was the last of the prophets so he's like all of them combined that's why it's just like so much easier also to refer to him in that way so empathy is the key that unlocks your child's brain if you did not catch my toddler tantrum podcast please do i teach you about exactly how children work how they get upset and how you can diffuse it in a simple couple of steps so empathy is the first move um, and it's the one that we usually do not want to do because we feel like they don't deserve it they've been bad i should respond like this Again, guys, we have to learn, like I mentioned in the last podcast, that what we were taught to do from our parents might not be 100%. Some stuff they taught us was good, but not all of it might not be stuff that we need to keep. We might need to shift and learn new ways. So unlock their brain when they are upset, and this allows you to get inside the reasoning part. We have to enforce limits and basically help them to manage their own behavior. It's part of parenting and it's something we need to teach them how to do. So how can we do this? And, and I want you to notice the difference between these two reactions to a certain child throwing a ball and breaking something. Reaction number one without empathy might sound like this. Like this is the wrong thing to do. Cole, you know, you know throwing a ball isn't good or, or you know, um, Maria, you know throwing a, a ball isn't good. You know the rules. I can't believe you were so careless. You're grounded for a week. Now, the better reaction would be, oh, you broke the vase. You must be feeling so horrible. I see the tears in your eyes. This is why we had the rule about not throwing the ball in the house. It's so sad and unfortunate. But mistakes happen. How are you going to fix this? Notice I didn't say how am I going to fix it. I said, how are you going to fix this? Now, which one is going to help the child to be more open to what you have to say next? The one where you screamed at the child or the one where you said, I'm so sorry that you did that and that happened, right? So this is a really, really great reason why empathetic leadership works. 
So the last one I want to talk about is number five, which is positive quote-unquote discipline. Now, the reason I say quote-unquote discipline is because discipline kind of has a negative connotation, almost like you are or I am um, an authority figure. We're here to enforce things as opposed to a parent who's here to support the struggle that um, a child is going through and um, help them to get to a better place. So it's often tempting to like respond to misbehavior with anger, aggression, shaming, you know, all these types of things that we might do out of our own emotional frustration are just um, not knowing what to do or having the tools in that moment to handle a particular situation. But the truth is there is a much better approach. So today I'm going to end with these three steps that will help us more towards um, handling all types of misbehaviors, like I said, or, or quote-unquote discipline issues, and um, kind of a better way that's going to get us um, feeling more confident and less stressed out in the process because we have a plan. So I'm going to give you my three-step plan that I personally use, and it does, again, start with our own self-control. So if you go back and you listen to the part where I mentioned that you have to kind of calm yourself down, and I'll make reference to that um, in this as well. I did that with the toddler tantrums one. I'm, I linked below the YouTube video I have on how to handle to- toddler tantrums. I think you will find it extremely insightful. When you learn about the way that their brains are and how they're developed at that particular level, it almost feels really, really wrong, let's just say, to yell at them in the same way we might have before. So I, I in implore you to kind of check that video out to get an idea of um, if you're really doing the right thing on a day-to-day basis. And I think it's just really important just to open our mind and be more mindful and conscious. Okay, so how do we handle issues with our kids any type of issue that might arise. So step one is to assess the need. We spoke before about reading our children. All types of behavior is just an indication of like a signal of the internal state of the child. Like we said, misbehavior is a signal that there is a need in the child that is not being met. When we assess what the need is and then we address it, often the behavior or the misbehavior that we don't want goes away. Now this can be hard with toddlers and preschoolers because yes, they can't always verbalize. Okay guys, so this is something in certain ages will be a little bit harder than others. But believe me, once you have this process going for you, these three steps, the children pick up on the pattern and they start to follow along. It's always harder when you first try something. So please do, if you try any type of new implementation of anything, even even not just what I'm talking about, give yourself a chance. Do it for a couple days, a couple weeks before you actually say, hey, this or that is not for me because it actually takes time for the child to adjust to anything new that you're going to introduce to your child. Okay, so yes, they cannot necessarily verbalize their needs, but just understanding that the behavior is a call for help rather than them just trying to like pull one over on you or just be defiant I think is just earth shattering in itself in terms of changing our perspective. And yes, then there's other times when the need is easy. Maybe they're hungry, maybe they're tired. We need to pay more attention to their patterns. Children tend to do the same things all the time. They have very similar triggers and we just don't pay attention because we're so busy guys. I talk about, like I said, in my toddler tantrum video and podcast. So, you know, just paying attention to these signals for help and then creating a boundary for them or learning a skill or showing, you know, them this or that, just noticing that and then responding with a, a lesson, a mini lesson for the child will do 
wonders. I cannot explain what it has done for my parenting. So let me just give you an example of what that might look like. You might have a child that is just jumping around um, on a couch or a bed or something like that. And when they do, they might have um, hit something and broke something in the house. Now, instead of running over and screaming to them about how they broke something and how they're horrible and this and that, you know, you can just tell them to stop and you can understand that, hey, they've reached a point where they're thinking that this is a fun thing to do. They're confused about the boundaries or you feel like they definitely know the boundaries and they're just doing it on purpose. Whatever it is, they don't understand the risk. They don't understand the necessity um, at their particular level or in that particular moment. So we need to make sure that we reinforce the boundaries. Uh, We do not jump on the couch in this house. We do not jump on the bed. It is not safe. I will not allow you to do that. And you can take them down. And if they did break something or do something that was, you know, hurtful to someone else, you know, we can call their attention to it. I do not allow that. That's not appropriate behavior. And, um, you know, and then you can ask the child, you know, what do you you think we're going to do about this? Like you broke this, you hurt her. What's the appropriate thing for you to do? Because we want the child to take um, control. We don't want to be like a crutch for them. So yes, yeah, so, you know, behavior can be corrected, but it just takes the time for us to be a teacher in that moment. So the first step is to figure out what the child needs. The second one is to calm your own self down or my own self down. It's really, really hard to um, guide someone or teach someone when we ourselves are just not having our act together, shall I say? (laughs) Like, I mean, just think about any time when you've had to parent your child when they've just been particularly difficult. What does your face look like? What does your tone sound like? What is your body doing? How are you feeling internally? I mean, do you have a headache? Do you feel frustrated, angry, annoyed, Um, overwhelmed. These are very typical feelings, right? But we do have to control them. We cannot be a great example if we cannot even control our own self. So it's really, really important that we, you know, we don't want to enforce things that they, that will be harmful for our children. I also did a podcast called, um, Are You Harming Your Child? Because there's actually certain daily practices that have just become probably unconscious to us at this point that could be really harming our child. So the first step is to assess. The second one is to calm our own self down. And once we've calmed our own self down, then we can start to calm our child down. And there's empathy empathy tactics for that. Again, um, I've referred to them in the new parenting guide that I'm really excited that I have attached today. And that in there kind of breaks it down. I put some bullet points. I put some stuff regarding um, what this section will help you with. I actually put like very clear. Then I gave you a short little description and then I gave you some tips in each of these five sections. I am so excited to bring this to you guys. You have no idea. I put the link in the show notes. Please, please click on that link and get your free parenting guide. I'm telling you, I have not found anything out there that is connecting modern day research to actually Quran and Sunnah practices. And I intend to make so many more. And if you have specific suggestions, please let me know. But the last step of the three, I just wanted to finish this part off, is to teach and problem solve. So like if you're calm, it's a lot easier to teach. If you're going to like lose your mind on your child, it's not the moment for you, right? So um, I also um, will talk more about in future podcasts, if you're interested, how to calm yourself down when your child is frustrating you. I know that's really hard for parents really hard. I have tons of sisters reaching out to me on a regular basis about that. I have tons of sisters ask me about parenting techniques, approaches, um, tools, and that's why I created this guide. It is just the beginning of future podcasts, future, um, 
free content that I'm going to be putting out. And then also, like I said, the parenting course that's to come that I'm in the middle of building for you guys now. Um, and, and I'm doing that alongside with finishing up the marriage one. So believe me, I'm hearing your cries and your, your requests for information. And I am right on it and building exactly what you've asked me to do. So please keep an, a lookout for those courses. But for now, please do download today the free parenting guide. That way you can get this information that we talked about in the past two podcasts and more for free written down in notes. You could just print it out, take it with you. So the last one is to teach and problem solve. And you know, for kids under four, I just want to say again, problem solving might be hard or a lot to expect from them. So this is kind of like a four and up you know, next step. Uh, for for under four, I do have the toddler tantrums, which helps with general calming down of children or de-escalation in general. So that might be more helpful. But if your child is four and up, um, then we have more of a chance to reason with them because their their um, cognitive function or development is is able to handle it. So I do want to say that if that is just teaching your child to do the appropriate thing, like I won't let you throw this ball in the house, but you can throw it in the yard. I won't let you hit. You can stomp and wiggle and get your little angries out, but you definitely can't touch another person in a way that is hurtful to them. You know, when your child's basically above four, you can have these conversations. And I wanted to finish with just four helpful questions in how you can ask them because you know, to talk about their feelings. So I know it's sometimes easy to hear and you're like, okay, I get what you're saying, but what does that actually look like? How can I actually do that when I'm speaking to the child? So I have these four questions that you can say to any child four and up, and I definitely use these with my own kids. And believe me, they can pinpoint as early as four years old, sometimes earlier. I know my daughter did it three bad choices and good choices and the understanding that they have the power to make a good choice or a better choice. So um, these questions were, the first one is, what caused this to happen? So let's you, you come in the room and something, you know, horrible had happened and you ask them, you know, honestly, because you want to hear what caused this to happen. But then you want to also connect them with their feelings. It's really important that children learn from a very early age how to connect and understand what they're feeling in a particular moment. Us as adults, we struggle with this sometimes as well. So you might want to ask them, how did this make you feel? Right? What caused this to happen? How did this make you feel? And then again, I want you to hear the you in the last two questions. What can you do next time this happens? What can you do? We're helping guide them make better choices. We're not saying, what can I do? What can we do? And it's not that we're not being supportive in that moment. It's that we want them to, to know that that is their responsibility. And if we just keep ingraining this at a young age, but we are physically present, we're totally guiding them in words and emotions, but we are definitely letting them know this is their their um their issue to deal with, right? It's really, really important and so helpful. So what can you do next time this happens? And how are you going to fix this? So what causes to happen? How did this make you feel? And of course, you're going to be like wait time in between. We're not going to ask these back to back. And, you know, guys, you could even like, just like I said, have the little worksheet and have it with you, put it in your purse. And anytime you're struggling with your kids, you could take it out and just use it. Or you could take a snapshot of a piece of it that you want to work on. That's what I do. Usually when I'm reading other people's literature and I can't like carry it all with me, I will take a snapshot of a particular page that I'm working on. And I remember one for myself, it was like mantras, new things I wanted to say. There was certain language I was using with my children. It wasn't horrible language, but I think I could have used better in terms of um, getting them to have more positive 
thinking or mindset. So I did want to change the way I spoke to them. And so I took a picture sometimes of something and I carried on my phone. And then in that moment, I would just like open my photos and look at it and be like, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. So sometimes you can't always take everything with you. And that's just a really quick way to keep it on you. And I've done that a ton of times because I'm just a lifelong learner and I want to just keep growing and growing. So I hope this two-part series was super helpful. I am so excited that I'm able to give you this guide. I worked really hard, guys, because I want you to feel like you have a reference sheet, something that you can look back to. Now, mind you, this is just a basic overview of kind of like the five secrets in terms of these principles that should be like the foundation laid for really good mindful parenting by the Sunnah. There are tons of specific content that I'm going to put out in the future, like how I did the toddler tantrum one. Um, I, maybe I could turn that into um, just a, a, a free checklist or a bit of information for you guys. I'm going to be putting tons of those out in the future. And right now I'm working on things for organization that many of you have asked me for in terms of life, in terms of that life hack uh, podcast. Super excited that I'm able to bring this stuff with you guys. Love that we keep connecting. Thank you so much. I'm getting so many DMs. I'm just getting sometimes 50 to 100 a day in terms of um, just requests and comments and just beautiful, beautiful well wishes. Thank you so much. Keep sending the love and please um, keep connecting me with other people. I'm getting tons of references and working with tons of sisters and doing consultation and all types of really good stuff. And this is just really where I want to be, helping the community come together because we're building that village. We're building that family. So I hope this is helpful. Like I said, reach me at Mindful Muslim on Instagram for comments and questions. I will talk to you in the next one, guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.